Punching Holes in the Darkness is a podcast by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. It's an opportunity for pastors and leaders in Michigan churches to have their voices heard and to share how to best reach our mission field from Detroit to the Upper Peninsula. Hey guys, this is Tony Lind with another podcast with um, Punching Holes in the Darkness. And today I'm so, so happy to have a friend, uh, a local man, Billy Downs. Uh, some of you may know that he's connected with a restaurant business, but I'm not going to steal his thunder. I want him to talk about it. And the goal today is to hear and compare what it takes for somebody to start something up as compared to being able to sustain something and make it a valuable part of the local community. And so, Billy, I'm glad that you're here with us. And I want to just ask you first just to introduce your family and yourself to us. Yeah, terrific, Tony. Thanks for having me. I uh, appreciate it. Um, so, as you know, Billy Downs, I am uh, have uh, been married to my lovely wife, Amy, for over 30 years. Uh, celebrated 30 last year. Um, we live in Novi, Michigan, where we raised our kids. We have three... Uh, Awesome kids, Amanda, who's in her late 20s, Abby, who's in her mid 20s, and then Brendan, who's uh, finishing up at Michigan State in junior year. Yeah, so we're very blessed for sure. Very, very blessed. Uh, I tell you, it's, it's so good to know that you're local, and I think this will help everybody understand that you are a Michigan guy. And, uh, and so I think everything we're going to talk about today will just really make that personal to everybody. Um, if you would, give a glimpse to everybody about what your life passion has been about. I know your story, but I want everybody to hear your story in your own words. Yes. Well, um, I uh, pretty much grew up in the restaurant industry. Um, my first real job was um, scooping ice cream downtown wow. Northville uh, back in the day. And um, my family actually had a, um, uh, my grandparents had a catering company. Although I didn't work in the catering company, it had closed down by the time I was coming of age. But a lot of my uh, aunts and uncles had, and it kind of trickled down uh, into uh, one side of our family pretty pretty big deal. Um, so out of our 30 cousins that I have right yeah. now, at one point or time, over 20 of them worked in food service or hospitality wow. in some place. So, wow. um, and you know, I, it, it didn't happen just by, you know, happenstance. I mean, really, right. as I looked at my grandparents and how they lived their lives, you know, the word hospitality just poured out, except, especially oh. for my grandma. Yeah. Um, and yeah. uh, I've always said, I, mean, I should rename my company after my grandma, call it Betty's Hospitality. But oh, we, we, we use her value and stuff and how to take care of people on almost everything we've done for the last 30 years so yeah that is phenomenal that is phenomenal and it's 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 nice to hear about the heritage of your family that it impacted that life and 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 the honor yeah, yeah. the honor to miss betty that's that's rich man i love that uh, i tell you what now you started up uh, BD's Mongolian Barbecue. Um, you want to describe a little bit about that, how that came up? Because, you know, that's leaning into the startup part of your life as yeah. I map it out in my memory. Okay. Yeah. So if I take it back uh, a few years before, you know, BD started, um, I was, uh, had went to Michigan State. So yes, I am a Michigan man. Okay. But certainly go Spartan. Green, go wide, man. You got, it, you got <laughs> it. And um, uh, they had a terrific hospitality program up there. Uh, one of the best in the world, in fact. And um, I got in, got in that program. Uh, back then it was called the uh, Hotel and uh, Restaurant, this actually, HRI, Hotel and Restaurant Institutional Management. Long, okay. Now it's called Hospitality Business. I much love easier. It. I love and, um, it. But it was my sophomore year, I started to really kind of, 
you know, figure out what I want to do with my life. Yeah. And I did want to own my own business. I had actually a lot of experience by that time already in, in the industry, always had one or two kind of restaurant jobs going right. um, and had some other stuff that I learned along the way, um, wow. hard, some hard jobs, some construction jobs that kind of said, you know, this hospitality job is a lot more fun. <laughs> so it was more people, more the fun. So um, anyways, I realized I wanted to own my own business. I did an internship in uh, London, England uh, between my junior and senior year wow. um, and worked with a company that uh, had a couple small holdings. Um, it actually was a, a, a connection that I got through my father. Okay. Um, my dad worked for an English company and um, then this, the kind of the son of the founder of that English company started these other businesses. Inevitably, I went over there. I worked in a pub uh, in, in London for the summer. It was fantastic. And along the way, they were going to open this, this other concept called the Mongolian Barbecue. Yeah. And um, fast forward, I ended up taking a job with those guys out of college. Okay. Uh, went overseas for a couple of years and um, worked at this, uh, this thing called Mongolian Barbecue UK. Oh, and um, had a great run. Um, we opened a couple of restaurants while I was there. I was given a lot of responsibility and um, ended up uh, kind of overseeing those three yeah. um, for a short period of time before I left. And then um, they wanted me to stay, the owners. They're like, they okay. were loving it. Uh, but, um, you know, I was interested in coming back and um, my uh, girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, was with me. And we just we wanted to come back to the United States. And so we decided, uh, hey, well, why don't we partner up and do yes. this back in the States? So we took the version of the concept and converted a little bit more to American version of Mongolian mm -hmm. barbecue and, mm -hmm. and made it put in that format. And um, so, you know, the startup was uh, uh, in 1992, we opened up our first restaurant in, in oh Royal Oak, Michigan. Yeah. Oh man, I I think probably I ate at that restaurant in 1992. Um, I, I can remember the days when it was so cool to go into uh, Mongolian barbecue, get your bowl full of food, whatever you wanted, and everybody had different tastes. And it was thrown on that big griddle, and it just sizzled. And then you get it swept back up in your bowl, and you go eat. And you guys were so generous, like come back, come back, come back. And it was hilarious because you had the people who love vegetables and the people who love meat. So it, I, it's. It's indelibly in my memory, man, I'm telling you. So you did a great job. But now here's the thing. You know, uh, people may not know it, but here in America, it's called BD's Mongolia Barbecue, which BD stands for Billy Downs. And so that's a nice, you know, uh, a postscript for you because you literally sold this, right? I mean, it, you released it out of your hands. So for those of us that are into church planting and pastoring and kicking off initiatives, what was it like for you to be able to? What, what, how did you work through this? I can release this one. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a really good question. It, um, I don't know if we, you know, we, we certainly didn't start it to say we were going to sell it. Yeah. We were, um, you know, in the early days, we had a lot of success. Um, our second restaurant in Ann Arbor was very successful, really mm -hmm. was very successful. And then we went out of state, went to Chicago, and uh, we then started franchising. And inevitably, right. over time, we built the company up to like 37 restaurants. And, wow. um, you know, it was an interesting time in the finance world. Um, there was some aggressive financing and we took on some securitized debt, um, okay. which was great to help us grow, but also a pretty big burden. Mm. And um, and so we, um, you know, cared, and mostly me in yeah. particular, from the you know yeah. personal financial risk and right. as well as the running the company, and um, I had a board of advisors in the early 2000s who said, Bill, you got to figure out a way to chip away at this debt. Gotcha. And I was like, you guys are right. And I started chipping away at it. Okay. And, um, you know, the plan was just to keep running the restaurants, growing the restaurants. Right. We had a great system going. And um, 
And then one of our competitors sold for a multiple that just uh, just blew me away. Okay. And you know, I said, "Is this the time to kind of look to get rid of all this debt? Is this the time to roll this thing up?" And um, you know, so we started to investigate that. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, we just kept chipping away and yes. um, and ran profitable, good businesses. Good. And um, you know, you're in business. You got to you got to be profitable, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> or you won't be in business. That's right. That's so, right. So um, yeah. so really, the driving thing was, uh, you know, is this the time? And uh, right. and you know, your question is, you know, how do you release that? Yeah. Um, when you open a restaurant, you start a restaurant, you're going to open more, you have to release responsibility to the unit manager. And what we did is we shared that responsibility for ownership with them in terms of profit sharing. And that gotcha. helped them to, to run great restaurants. Mm-hmm. And um, I still do that today with the businesses I'm involved in. Um, but in the bigger picture, when I had to release the whole brand, right. this was no small decision. Um, yes. I was very you know, concerned about all the people who worked with us and mm-hmm. our team and, you know, grown and we, we grew a lot of leaders. It was, um, it was a great, great thing. In fact, to see where people are, uh, that were yeah. with them, my organization, you know, for yes. years and how they're running other businesses. Yes. Um, they're all over the country doing great oh, stuff. That's great. And some of them I've actually got with me today too, which is Do great. You so, really? so, that's yeah, great. A handful, that's but, great. um, but it was really, really hard. Um, and, and it, it wasn't about money. It was right. about debt, but it wasn't right. about making money. Right. And I remember getting challenged a couple of times along the way, like, all right, how much is enough, Billy? How much is enough, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, and I kind of looked, thought about retirement down the road. I came up with a number in my head. Mm-hmm. And God is funny because yes. when we were all said and done with the deal, we got almost the exact number. Are you serious? It's crazy. That it's actually crazy. crazy. And um, and we passed up uh, some opportunities to sell it to some other companies that would have paid a lot more money. But we mm-hmm. were looking for the right fit right. for our company going forward. Now, you know, today the, some of the restaurants have closed and the brand hasn't evolved probably as much as it could have or should have, especially during COVID. And it's not in nearly yeah. the same condition it was. Yeah. Um, but I don't regret the decision. I think I okay. had a plan. And then, uh, and he's put me in some unique situations since then that uh, I think uh, I'm, I'm listening and doing the right things. That That is amazing that you, you shared so much with us and I appreciate you being able to disclose your feelings and the thought process because, you know, one of the things that I've been doing, I've been in this career right now that I'm serving in for six years. And I tell you, I, there are great guys who are leading brand new startups as churches and um, and some great pastors here in Michigan. And I'm always in the back of my mind going, but what if he gets called away to some other place? Will his church or will the people following him in that congregation, they know they're all supposed to be focused on Jesus, but sometimes that man in flesh there helps them feel peaceful and calm and there's a connection. And so I think what I'm looking for the transfer here, and I think you're doing a great job at it, is that if a guy does get called to go lead somewhere else, there's still that thing of, but the people I love, they're still attached to me. Like you were saying, some of your previous workers have now reattached themselves to you or by learning in that environment that you created, they went out on their own and did some successful things. So I think that that's transferable. Before we get back, I want to talk a little bit about Send Network Michigan. You know, we have partnered together with our national organization, the uh, North American Mission Board and their SIN network. And we are as part of that SIN network here in Michigan. 
And there's many things that God has given us the opportunity to do in planting churches, helping strengthen churches, and just reach out beyond our four walls and get into the world that God has called us to reach. So if you want to know more about what it means to plant a church or to be part of planting a church and maybe supporting others that are planting churches, just contact us and say, hey, I want to know more about Send Network Michigan, and we'd love to tell you all about it. Now, here we are. We've talked about the startup, the fact that you released it, you sold it. But here's what I've known you for a number of years. Now you have Ford's Garage, okay? Mm-hmm. And you can give us a glimpse on that. But I'm seeing you as a man uh, who, and, and I guess here's the comparison. That was the startup, BD's Mongolian Barbecue, and I sold it, and here's the reasons why I did, and I'm glad that I did. But now I put myself right back into the restaurant business with Ford's Garage. And, and, I sit, and you and I connected one day during the early days of the pandemic, I saw you uh, concerned. Okay, we're told we can't have the restaurant open. I've got these employees. I don't want them to suffer. How do I help them? And I thought that was so telling about the Christ-like compassion in you to be concerned about your people. And so you've seen them through that. So really you were burdened with not just a personal startup, but how do I sustain my responsibility to take care of people who are employed with me and knowing that their impact of their lives, it spills over into their children and their spouses and their parents. So tell us about this transition. You, you're in now into Ford's Garage, and I see it as a sustaining thing in your life. Make, describe it to us. Sure. So one of the things that I've always done along the way is, you know, I shouldn't say always, but I've been given a lot of opportunities to coach, teach train others in other kinds of businesses and restaurants and hospitalities. And, you know, typical thing is, you know, so-and-so calls me and says, you know, I have a friend who wants to open a restaurant and would you sit down and talk to them? You know, right. Sure. And then usually Tony, I'm trying to talk them out of that. So, you know, I mean, because (laughs) really, you, you know, it's, it's hard, it's a hard business. You have to, and you're competing against large, national, sophisticated, yes. well-capitalized organization with great ideas, you know? Yes. So yes. so anyways, the moral of the story is, even when I sold um, BD's Mongolian, I was consulting and kept doing consulting gotcha. work. And okay. it, it spread into different parts and in different industries. Um, one of my most fun jobs that I did is I was a early on consultant for Goldfish Swim Schools. And oh. then I was actually placed on their board um, and were, helped them go from really like one uh, unit to 100 units. Wow. Um, just wow. uh, uh, they've redesigned the board a couple of years ago and I left at that time, but I still love that experience of watching that grow and, yes. and how they've been able to sustain things. Yes. Um, but inevitably, um, this Ford's Garage thing, it, it came across my, my desk, kind of Ford okay. contacted me, wanted me to uh, look at this brand that they had. Um, they licensed these guys down in Florida. And from the moment I walked in and into my first Ford's Garage, something was different. Hmm. And there's energy there. And it's, you know, you're partnering with a brand that's been around for almost 120 years. Yeah, this is and, true. I mean, it is unbelievable. Is founded by one of the most innovative people in the history of, 
of the world. And, um, and, and they were looking for some help of what to do with this brand. I gave them some ideas and then, um, and they said, you know, Billy, we'd love for you to run the ones in Michigan and especially Dearborn. And that was a gut check because, you know, as you say, well, why am I back in this? Yes. You know? And so I looked at it as this incredible honor um, and responsibility to partner with Ford. And um, so, you know, today uh, we run this restaurant. Um, It is a very busy restaurant in Dearborn, Michigan. I am not the... um, president of the brand. In fact, I'm a franchisee, which is a whole different uh, ah, thing. So it's taking a lot, but, yeah. um, but working um, as a bigger team, we're all, uh, we have uh, 17 restaurants now, Fantastic. Um, mostly in Florida, Indianapolis. Um, we have the one in Dearborn, by the way, just signed a new lease in Novi, Michigan last week for you pastors in the area. Uh, Good. So, we'll look forward to eating yeah. there. And then I know you got some people that going down to Texas, we're going to, um, I think we're opening Plano, Texas in a couple months and Fantastic. stuff. So uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, but I should stop promoting the brand. Um, <laughs> That's okay. But, but, we uh, enjoy the you know, back, back to really kind of, there is a different thing now. I've got this business and it, it's not a startup, right? It, it, you know, I've, I've taken over an existing, you know, concept. I've had to find, you know, the, yes, you have to find the location and open the restaurant right. and find the people. And it does, but, but the, here's, here's the thing. This brand is special. Gotcha. It attracts a lot of people. Yeah. Um, we're talking somewhere, you know, six to 7,000 people coming through those doors every wow. week. Wow. And then our team, Yes. You know, we can't do this without mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. you know, and they are, you know, the people that are on our staff, on our team, our managers, these are the most important people to me. They are the ones who make it all happen. Yes. And, um, you know, it's it's a lot of work. Um, the, the pandemic was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, was. I was very, very concerned the first few weeks. And that's when we connected on this. Yes. Um, we just started paying people. Wow. We just started paying them as much as we could and yes. and you know i think the government did the right thing at that time and came through mm-hmm. um we only had to do that for a couple of weeks that and then funny. um you know then it was making sure over time that they were taken care of there were some gaps yeah. in um their pay for you know unemployment and stuff right. that you know we filled uniquely over the you know it ended up being almost a couple of years right and in michigan yes, we, were, it has. we were in a unique situation <laughs> where we were shut down a couple times <laughs> we were uh, yeah. but i don't want to get political on this particular one so yeah. um but uh you know we made it through and um we have just uh, you know, I would say that because we're a people-focused first company, okay. that the the vast majority of our team stayed together, mm-hmm. and we have the highest retention rate out of all the Ford garages, um, even throughout this pandemic. And um, and, and we try just our best to, to care and take care or take care of our people and keep them. You know, that is excellent that you guys and it, and it doesn't surprise me having interacted with you and known you now for years. Um, but to, for you guys to have such a, a notable retention rate of employees, uh, you, like I said, I saw the burden you were carrying for everybody. Um, so now looking at this and 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 I, I want to go ahead and let you kind of wrap this up for us crystallize for us what it is that needs to be in a person um, to be effective at startup but then contrast it to the person or maybe the phase in that same person's life where later uh, that person has to be able to sustain something so that whether it's a church or it's a restaurant that it becomes perceived and valued as something that the people in the community say we're glad it's here yeah you know the restaurant uh six seven thousand people a week going to the restaurant um guys in our communities are wanting to have the same kind of sense about the church 
that they're leading. So, you, and you've already indicated, you've had a vast experience, not only in the restaurant world, but you've had people seek you out as a consultant and you've also observed. So if you want to maybe line up three things that you think need to be present for somebody to start up well in that situation, and then contrast that against the three things that a person needs to sustain something and make it vibrant and valued in the local community. Yeah. Well, thank you. The great, great stuff. So, uh, startups are, are in industries, even outside of restaurants. I think you kind of need three big things. You have to have okay. an idea or an offering that's better, different, and special than who's down the street. Sometimes you have a new offering that nobody else has, which yes. makes you really unique. I mean, yeah. you know, when we opened up in Royal Oak, our first restaurant, there was no Mongolian restaurants around. You know, we were the only yes. Mongolian yeah. restaurant around. Now they're all over the globe, but mm -hmm. that was the first one that this region had seen. Right. Um, you know, certainly you need to be capitalized, um, which yes. is something that, you know, either, you know, you've saved money or you borrowed money or you've got investors or whatever. And, right. you know, I did, I talked to you about the debt earlier. That was a burden um, on our newer restaurants. We bring people along with us. I've got investors that come along with me and I, so I'm not putting up all the risk. I got um, it. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, for, you have to have people, you have to have people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as, as a startup though, there's, there is internal things for me as an individual or anybody that have, you have to have this you know, energy that, you yes. know, go out there. I mean, this is going to be a lot of work starting something up yes. and, and to do a startup, um, is a tremendous amount of work. It never ends. There's always new challenges every day. Um, and then as you kind of shift into more of the, you know, okay, I've been established, I've got this restaurant or this business, you know, what are the things that you see? And, you know, you can't get complacent. That's one thing for sure. That's so for sure. you're constantly looking for new ways to grow, the business, yes. whether it's, you know, for us, it's, it's simple things. You know, how do I grow the sales of an existing restaurant? Number one, I'm going to take care of everybody comes in today. That's the easiest, That's right? Good. So, good. you know, maybe on a pastoral way, it's like, you know, making sure we are connecting with the whatever numbers coming in, right? Yes. Some way, shape or form. And yes, you know, the bigger you are, the harder it is to do yourself. You have That's to so surround true. yourself with people. So we, you know, you, you can't be complacent and we are relentless on, on trying to find, you know, ways to grow our business. So back to, you got your new or your existing guests are coming in. Yeah. Next thing is you got to get new guests in. How do you get yeah. new people? Yes. Right. Yeah. Is it a referral from someone who's there? Are you getting creative with some other way of attracting people that you're out, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, doing whatever mm -hmm. to, to get people to come in. And then, um, you know, it's uh, it's unique things in, in, in our restaurant business or lots of retail. It's like you yes. kind of look at throughput, you know, how many people are getting per day and how, yes. how you can touch more lives and that kind yes. of stuff, which I don't know how relevant it is to church, but it, it is to us. Um, what, yeah. I, I'll tell you what, I, my first restaurant had 42 seats that, wow. I, that I ran when okay. I was in London. 42 okay. seats. 42 seats. And they used to seat it for one time and I'd say... No, we need to see this place more. And, you know, I think that yeah. that's a that's relevant to uh, yeah. a smaller church that's limited on capacity. you got to figure is. out a way to stretch that out, you know. That's so. true. Um, and so, but you still need energy no matter what. Yeah. And you still need people around you. Um, but I think it's kind of, it's you're, you're digging deeper and you're not, you're not being complacent. And, you know, the things that worked yesterday are not going to work tomorrow. That's that. Those are great words of counsel. They really are. You know, and I appreciate that. I do. Um, you know, we're going to sign off. Is there anything you want to say? It's just a word of encouragement to pastors and church planters. Uh, you know a number of us around here, and they love you dearly, and you love them. Uh, any words you want to offer as you picture those guys in your mind right now? Well, I respect any church pastor. <laughs> um, there is uh, there is um, another level of this this, uh, this caring, emotional um 
you know, I don't, this weight, that, yes. that's the word I'm yes. looking for that, yeah. you know, you're not just going to work, yeah. you know, you have a passion for, you know, changing people's lives for eternity. Right. You have also just the stuff that they're going through. And I see it way on, on pastors. Yeah. And so for me, um, in my own business, I've got different weights mm-hmm. and I find time every week, you know, that I can to take care of me, you know? And good. so good. when I'm in good balance, you know, I yes. am staying, you know, healthy fitness wise. I am making sure my home life's in order, right? Good. You know, good. and then, um, you know, I've, I've got the time that I can go into work. So, yes. so if it starts with my, you know, my daily prayer and it yes. goes from there, yes. you know, it's so important. So I just encourage, you know, the pastors out there to, you know, Hey, you got this incredible opportunity God's given to you and, uh, just stay energized yourself and find a way to do that. And, um, you know, if you don't, if you're not energetic and you're, you're tired, it's not going to work, you know? Yes, so that's true. And it will show and it will show in everything that's that true. you do. And, um, I know that sabbaticals are a big deal, but you know, you, you really have to find time out every week, uh, some way, shape or form. Those are good words. Good words for all of us to realize that if we're responsible for others, then we, and it might seem kind of opposite, but we must take good care of ourselves spiritually, emotionally, our family. So, you know, Billy, I appreciate it. You've given so much more than I expected when we talked about this conversation. And I know the guys will glean through this and make even uh, more personal transfers into their own life, their own ministry. So thank you for taking the time to be a part of Punching Holes in the Darkness and being a part of this podcast uh, that we know will help others for a long time to come. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. This has been Punching Holes in the Darkness, a podcast from the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. If you have liked this episode, please rate us and leave a review. That will help others to find us and enjoy these conversations too. And if you subscribe, you will be notified when new episodes are available. Join us next time as we help Michigan churches punch holes in the darkness.